everyone. Welcome to the Steve Maxwell Drums Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on our website at www.maxwelldrums.com and then our reverb stores at Steve Maxwell Drums-Chicago and Steve Maxwell Drums-New York. We also have social media, uh, two Instagram accounts, at Maxwell Drum Shop Chicagoland and then at Maxwell Drum Shop. And then also on Facebook, Steve Maxwell and Steve Maxwell Drum Shop. And then, of course, check us out on Twitter at Maxwell Drum Shop. We will interview players, collectors, drum and cymbal builders, and also teachers about all things percussion. And you can go to YouTube if you want to see the video. We'll have pictures of drum shops, drum sets, badges, cymbals, all kinds of fun stuff. So let's get started. We hope you enjoy it. So three, two, one. Hey, Dad, how you doing? Hey, it's good. Man, it's been a while since we've done this. It's been, I can't even remember. It's at yeah. least a month, maybe more. So, um, so much going on. Right, this is kind of just a shop update, and it's the inaugural podcast for this new space. Um, we uh, Technically, I did one yesterday, but this is going to be the first one that I post. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the, the new space here. Dad, what do you think? I've Yeah. <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, we were running out of space, and uh, we had, uh, had 7,000 square feet already, and we were running out. And uh, we were lucky enough to be able in this same facility here. I uh, talked to the landlord, and they had another space, this, this space right here. And it's 4,000 square feet, and it's just warehouse space. But that's perfect because we got so much stuff in the other space. It's just getting crazy. And, uh, but when we looked at this space, we said, well, this is kind of cool. We can set up the, it's almost like a, 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 a TV studio or a movie studio set. <laughs> so I started thinking about what to do. I created a nice little hang for myself over there complete with posters of Coltrane and Miles and uh, a lava lamp and all kinds of crazy stuff. But, uh, and then we also created some backdrop sceneries here. I've got one, I posted some photos, it looks like a French cafe. We got another one that looks like a, a, an old wooden cabin. And then we uh, decided to move the podcasting room over here, which I had some ideas on, but, uh, uh, but Stephen, you did all the rest. You got this all set up. And it's a permanent podcasting room, and we got all kind of cool stuff in here. That um, yeah. a lot of what you can see in in the photos we, here. So I I built this table, which was yes. fun. You want to tell the, the history of the table? Oh, the, yeah, this is started really with cool. you. <laughs> there was a uh, uh, there was a store going out of business that sold a bunch of uh, it was a, actually it was a Pier One import. So we're going out of business, and they were selling uh, shelving units and racks and rolling carts and everything. And they had three or four of these massive tabletops. This thing's like, I don't know, what is it, eight feet by four feet? It's four by eight, like a big sheet of plywood. Weighs a ton. And these were like four or 500 bucks when they had them. And they said, well, just take it. Take whatever you want. So I took this one, but it had no legs on it. So I said, well, this would be a cool table for something at some point in time, but there's no legs. So you fix that. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the legs had to do a very unconventional way of mounting them on there because it's a strange table. It has like a weird stuff under it but yeah it's really nice good and solid yeah. so we got extra room now that's right and then uh yeah we uh the, these curtains up here uh, my wife actually made those so mm. we, we get to use them again we used to use them in the, in the as a background for the jam sessions but now yeah. now they're uh they're happy to be used over here and yeah. then we got some other 
other cool background things. So yeah. hopefully everyone everyone appreciates the the new space. A little sunlight too, which is nice. Yeah, it's fun. It's great fun. <laughs> Plus we can leave it up permanently and it doesn't encroach on <clears throat> floor space over in the showroom or anywhere else. So it'll be it'll be great. This is a funny space. This space has no air conditioning and it has a, uh, a heating system, which is you know fine. And we don't need it now, obviously, because it's the summertime. But when that heating system goes on, it's it's a crazy thing. It's got a big long tube along the top that the air flows through to distribute it everywhere. When that thing goes on, it scares the hell out of you because it's really noisy <laughs> when it starts up and the air fills up the tubes. Yeah. But anyway. You'll notice it's a little it's a little boomy in here. We're going to do more things to cut down on that. But we got these new mics, which which are really fantastic. Yeah, cool stuff. For... But let's do a little catch-up on what's been going on. <clears> so <throat> uh, we've been... Uh, we've been real busy. Uh, I mean, thankfully, it's been real busy here in Illinois and real busy in uh, Nashville. Uh, New York is still coming up the curve. It's still tough out there, but, you know, step at a time. Graviato business is great. We've got a lot of orders in the queue. So, you know, it's good to see things opening back up again. I actually made the first trip uh, in, in 16 months. Uh, last trip I made was the February before COVID lockdown, which was a long time, what, 16 months ago. So uh, last week, I uh, went down to Nashville, uh, got a chance to go back down because I hadn't been there in 16 months. And it was great to go down, drove down, nice drive, and uh, spent time there. We, we set up a booth at Summer NAM, which, you know, is very, very, very lightly attended. However, for us, it's great because we're right there in Nashville. So we, uh, we set up a booth. We were the only drum manufacturer there, no cymbal manufacturers. It was uh, small, intimate, but easy for us to do because it didn't really cost much. Just pay for the booth, and we're already down there. And we had people over at Craviato. We did tours of the Craviato facility, which is only a few minutes from uh, downtown. And we had a nice uh, Forks Day over at uh, Forks Craviato Day over at the Cra uh, Forks shop on Saturday, which was fun, too. Had food trucks in. So we had a good time. And, what kind uh, of food trucks were there? You know, we had a, a – oh, man. The food truck uh, that we had was a um, – a barbecue food truck. That must have been good. Oh god, I mean, it's, it's a really. Mom really, was talking about that. She said it, she said it because she doesn't eat meat really, but she was like, "Oh, it smelled really good." Oh, <laughs> it's a really cool story. You know, uh, the guy who uh, has this food truck, you really like stories like this. This guy worked as in the heating and air conditioning for his whole life, and he always had this dream that he'd like to kind of do, you know, like a food truck. He's really good at barbecue. He makes really good barbecue and his brisket and all this other stuff. And he was thinking and thinking, and uh, uh, the wife of our manager down there, Daniel uh, Duchesne, his wife used to run a, a ballet school, and, and these people, their daughter used to go to the ballet school. She said they were such wonderful people, and he used to always talk about how he'd like to <clears throat> do something on his own. And one day he came in, and he said, and he said to her, and he's probably, I'm 69, this guy's probably, he's probably in his early 60s, so he's not a, he's not a kid. But he came in, he said, I finally am going to do it. I'm doing it. I'm buying a truck, and I'm going to do it. And uh, he's, he's just, he left the other gig, and he's doing the food truck, and he's doing well, and the food is, like, ridiculously good. So nice. I spent a lot of time talking to him. It was really, really fun. And it was a nice, nice you know, story like that. The, people, the guy said, you know, I said, if I don't do it now, I'm going to go through my whole life and get to the end and go, I should have done it. I should have done it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was very, very cool. Just beautiful people. Nice to see. 
I got a uh, lot of a lot of good music fests down there that he can. Uh, oh yeah, he'll yeah. You he make a lot of money if you yeah. play your cards right. And get all the licenses and the oh, yeah. fill out the paperwork. But once you get there, if you have enough food, man, you can. Oh yeah, I mean, and the food was <laughs> it was off the rails. I know this because I used to run food trucks. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, and you know how much hard work it can be as well. Very hard work, but like yeah, it, focus on the festivals. That's the yeah. The day to day stuff isn't so good. The festivals are. But uh, so you know, the the trip to Nashville was a little poignant in some ways because. You know, July 15th right there, that was the, uh, the anniversary, the fifth anniversary of Johnny's passing, Johnny Craviato. And it's hard to believe five years have gone by. And, you know, so it's a sad day in some respects, but in other respects it was, uh, you know, a proud and a happy day because we have spent uh, a great deal of, of time, effort, talent, and money to uh, migrate that operation from California to Nashville and Sam Baco was running it, and Sam was, a, uh, in a way, a disciple of Johnny's, knew Johnny well, and is a genius, uh, as Johnny was, when it comes to manufacturing solid shell and ply shell drums, so in this case. So, you know, it was good to see how far we've come in those five years since Johnny passed. It was, it was nice to sit back and reflect on that. And also, Johnny would be very proud because Johnny also... Uh, would be proud of how we have continued the legacy and, and, and added to the to the factory. We've moved it to a new location. We've spent significant amount of money on equipment. We have our own sawmill now. Uh, you know, brand new uh, dust evacuation systems in there. Just anything and everything we need to be able to produce the product uh, more efficiently and still retain the custom hands-on approach. It, it was great. And, you know, we... Um, so it's a tricky thing. We, what we did in kind of in celebration of this, we are up to, and I'm, I'm very proud of this, actually. I'm proud of it for Craviato because I didn't do any of this. But um, we built kit number 1,000, and that's a real milestone. Uh, Craviato, you know, 2014 was the 10-year anniversary of Craviato. <clears throat> and <clears throat> so this is now another seven years beyond that. But think about it. 1,000 solid shell drum sets have been made, and that's just really incredible. And kit number 1,000, we were, Johnny had done some work with, of course, as you know, timeless timber from Lake Superior, wood that dates back to, you know, the year 1400. Uh, and that was, there was bird's eye and there was birch. And we were fortunate enough to find some additional timeless timber birch. Johnny had never been able to do anything other than produce snares. We were able to produce one kit from the timeless birch. We'll do some snares, and that kit's a 13, 16, 18, 22 with a six and a half snare, and that's kit number 1,000. So that's, uh, I think it's a fitting tribute. Wow. We're gonna see pictures of that at some point? Yeah, we are. It's in, uh, it's down in Nashville. Uh, we had it over at the NAMM show, and we had it on display, of course, on Craviato Day at Forks. And then I'm going back down to Nashville in a couple weeks, and I'm gonna drive it back home with me. And then we will have it up here, along with kit number one. I think we'll do a demo with that and, just for yeah, fun. <laughs> what I, yeah, what I want to do is for, for you and I to go in the, in the room and go, here's kit number one, here's kit number 1,000, talk a little bit about the, 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 the time that passed between that day and, yeah. and, and the present day, and, you know, a little demo on the kit. I think that'd be great. So I love it. <laughs> that'll be beautiful. Uh, so it's, it's, been, it's been fun, and we've been just uh, working hard, trying to get everything done, and is it a gloss kit or is it a satin kit? Satin. Satin. Yeah, I know birch. I think there were some mm -hmm. birches that were gloss. I, I know birch sounds 
just huge. It's a very, it's very... Great, yeah, <laughs> great sound. I have not had the pleasure of actually playing this kit yet. We brought it, you know, we, we, we got it finished in time. We brought it to the, to the show. And, and the kit has uh, not one inlay, but three inlays Ooh. on each drum. So, it, it, you know, Craviato, for those of you who know, we have a, a very, very beautiful inlay around the center of the drums. And it's a very, very excruciatingly thin channel that's cut for that because that inlay is microscopically thin wood goes in there on this particular kit mom was talking about the inlays too she loved the process oh yeah <laughs> i mean it's a very very uh, very uh long process to get that yeah. done it's labor intensive but this one has not one inlay around the center it has our normal inlay around the center and then the, there's an inlay above it and an inlay below it all together which are our private reserve inlay mm. So there's basically a triple inlay on each of the drums, and we even went so far, we, Sam even went so far as to do triple inlay on the bass drum hoops. Mm. So the kit is, it's off the rails, and being timeless birch, it's going to sound unbelievable. So I can't wait to bring it up here, put it in the studio. Yeah. It'll be fun. For sure. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, we're, we're plugging away, still looking for good vintage stuff, um, and moving, moving a good amount of it, and we're always looking for more. Yeah, we got a lot of cool new videos coming up. I got uh, another podcast I'm going to post, which is going to be of uh, me and Joe. That's going to be the one actually that goes up after this one. Joe, oh, Joe, Joe Loma. Loma. Yeah. Oh, okay. From the, the drum show. And yeah. I, I'm sorry for everybody. I'm not putting up more podcasts. It's just a lot of work. And just for everyone who's watching, uh, the I put up the audio versions first. So if you want to just listen to our podcast, you don't want to wait for the YouTube version because that's what takes forever <laughs> doing the, the, yeah. the video editing. Um, the, the, if you go to um, Apple Podcast, uh, we're on um, all, all, all the different. We, we go through yeah. Podbean. That's, the, that's what we use. But we're on all the different Apple Podcasts. Wherever you, you listen to them, you can get it. So just FYI, look up. I think yep. it's Steve Maxwell Drums. Uh, <laughs> you know better than I do. Yeah. I, I can't keep track of yeah, all this yeah. stuff. I say it in the beginning in the intro, so yeah. But but yeah, just just FYI for everybody. Yeah, but yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Well, you. well no, the one. Uh, yeah, you did one with Joe Loma, and yeah, some vintage folks know who Joe is, but some people don't, obviously. And Joe's a, a real, real good friend of ours. Lives up in Minnesota, and he's a, a great vintage drum collector. And uh, he's a he's a hot ticket. He's a fun guy. Yeah. So that that'll be a fun one to. Pull. It's a long one. Yeah. There's tons of cool. Yeah. He's just got all kinds of stories. So and then oh, we yeah. got other cool ones coming up too. Well, yeah. Uh, Bill Ludwig the third B three, our friend. He came in uh, yesterday. Yeah. And you did a you did a nice podcast with him, and that that'll be fun. He's like because, uh, ro royalty in the in the drum well, world. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's got the history. He's yeah. got the backstory for his dad. You know, the chief and and his <laughs> grandfather. The you know. WFL senior, so cool yeah. stuff. That'll be that'll be fun. Uh, you know, Bill's a good guy. It'll be fun to to do see, hear that podcast. I wasn't here when you when you were doing it, but it'll be cool to. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to hearing that. So, what else can we talk about? Uh, this isn't going to be a long one, but I, I I wanted to touch on maybe some other new stuff that we're doing. Um, I'm not sure what what we can bring up, but uh, maybe. Um. We've got all the, I mean, today we're doing a video with some of those blue Ludwig kits, which is going to be really fun. Yeah, um, we could talk a little bit about that. We've got, um, you know, Ludwig does some special finishes for us. We do Rosemarine Pearl. Uh, we also do Glacier Blue. And we've got uh, those kits around our Reverb store. 
and we've done videos with Rosemarine. We're doing one, we did one today for the Glacier Blue. We're gonna do two more of a different size kits. So we've got those. Check that out, that'll be up by the time this gets up, so. Yeah, those, will, those are great, the colors are great. And we also brought in some of the new Ludwig uh, Citrus Mod, which I really, really am, am happy about. Uh, in the 60s into the 70s, Ludwig did Psychedelic Red, Mod Orange, and Citrus Mod. And Citrus Mod is the least uh, available of any of those. It was introduced later in the line of psychedelic uh, finishes and was only in the line for a couple years. So they're, uh, they're rare. But they did a really good job uh, replicating that finish. It used to fade very badly, but they've, they've gotten really good examples of it. And I got kit, uh, kit number one out of that was a pop kit, 12, 14, 18, matching snare. So I have that, and that's, that one's for me. But we've got some of those in stock. Those are really cool. Uh, we've also uh, got some of the Ludwig's. Uh, they've got a really nice uh, Burgundy Marine Pearl. We've got kits in and from the first round of that. Uh, they've also done some nice finishes, like a lacquer finish. That's not a high-gloss lacquer finish, but it's a beautiful, like, high-satin finish. There's mm. a, a red we call uh, Diablo Red. Yeah, that kit's beautiful. We, that yeah. video's already up. And there's a, another kit. called Heritage Blue, which I don't have an example of. Heritage Green, I don't have an example of either. We have one down at Forks, and I saw it when I was there. And that Heritage Green is actually <clears throat> very much like a uh, a satin caddy green finish, kind of yeah. like the Gretsch finish in the 50s. It's really sharp. So those are some great things there. Uh, Craviato, we've got the Diamond Series up and running it's, that we introduced in January with the uh, ply shells. Johnny always wanted to do a ply shell. Didn't have the right formula. Sam Baco had created a ply shell formula, a unique one, and that is the formula we use for these. So these have been good. We, we just, um, for the NAMM show, we did a, uh, what was called a, in the old days, called a salesman sample. And in proper today, it would be called a salesperson sample. But what they used to do back in the days in the 50s and 60s, there was no internet. So the salespeople who went around to visit the shops uh, would take color swatches with them, or what they used to do is they'd make a snare drum in one band of each of the wraps that they offered. There weren't that many. They had red sparkle, My daughter silver would call sparkle. It rainbow. Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Red sparkle, silver sparkle, gold sparkle, blue that sparkle. One's rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Green sparkle, and white marine and black diamond. So you had about seven. Sure. And there'd be one strip on each of those, and they'd bring the drum. See, this is what the finish looks like. Oh, did you guys make a uh, craviato like that? We made an entire craviato. Uh, kit like that. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, there's pictures of it. I'll, I'll show you. We took, and it was just ready for NAMS. Probably just not got, a snare, though, just the... Well, actually, what we did was this, because on the Diamond Series, we don't make ply snares. If somebody wants a snare, we'll make a solid right. shell. But what we did, uh, Sam made a 10, 12, uh, 14, 16 with a 12 by 22 base uh, out of the Diamond ply shells with each of the bands. So we've got Burgundy Sparkle, uh, i got to remember the order, Green Sparkle, uh, black sparkle, and then we've got gold sparkle, red sparkle, blue sparkle, silver sparkle. And then we repeated the pattern in the opposite direction going down. Uh, and it's, it looks really cool. And then what he did was he made a 7x14 solid shell snare to go with it. Okay, and it's so, got the wrap on it too. And it's, got the, it's, it's wrapped exactly nice. like that. <laughs> That's so going to be a I posted that one, up one of on, a kind right it there. Is. I posted <laughs> it on our reverb store, and... I only have one picture from the show, but I've got other pictures coming. But anyway, cool. uh, I digress. But that was, that was fun, that kit, and that kit sold. We can build one like that, but that's a little bit more money because it's a lot of work. Uh, <clears throat> so we've got that going, which is great. 
And, um, you know, one, one other thing I want to make a, a little nod to a friend of ours who passed, uh, Arnie Lang, Morris Lang, actually, Morris Arnie Lang, uh, who uh, was a member of the New York Philharmonic for over 40 years, but to most of us is a person who uh, ran Lang Percussion, and Arnie made for decades the replicas of the famous Billy Gladstone snare drums with three-way tuning and, and all, which I've done many, many things on and sold many original Gladstones. Uh, there's not many to sell, but we've sold, been blessed to be able to sell about a dozen of the 50 that exist. Um, Arnie passed away. And it's an interesting thing. Arnie was uh, just turned 90 years old. And Arnie is a great guy. He's a sharp as a tack. I had just talked to him the week before, so I didn't know you know, what happened, and his, his wife called me the day after, and she said, and I think this is great, this gives you a sense of the character of who you're dealing with, and the, the youthfulness of who this person is. Now, Arnie, keep in mind, 90 years old. I said, well, Elizabeth, what happened? She said, well, you know, Saturday, he went out at six o'clock to go down to get a pedicure. So, all right, so how cool is that? How many people that are in their 80s or 90s are, you know, going, hey, I wanna go out and get a pedicure? <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of a cool thing. Now, the, the unfortunate thing is he, he fell, he hit his head, he had some issues there with, with, with bleeding that couldn't be stopped. So uh, he did pass away, which is unfortunate. That's very, very sad. I, I got to tell the story. Last time he came to the drum show in Chicago, he was just uh, selling stuff left and right. And hmm. you actually, we don't really sell stuff at the drum show. We buy stuff. And so it was really right. just impressive to see him. He would have been, what, like 86? Six or yeah, seven that at like that show. It was a while ago. Years but, ago, about four years ago. Yeah. But yeah. The, and he's just moving. He's a little bit like Johnny in that he he builds stuff. Andy is really good at uh, yeah. you know, at like selling his stuff and just making uh, <clears throat> making everyone aware of uh, how how great and unique it is. Yeah. And we still have some of his snares that. that yeah, are, we still have a couple. Like and, a white and, marine pearl one, I think. And yeah, we sold <clears throat> that. That's that's good. But people are asking. Others, yeah. <laughs> people have been asking. Well, what's going to happen? And uh, so you know. We're, we have our guys in New York. We're, we're going to try to go over and see if we can help uh, kind of sort things out over there. So, you know, we'll, we'll help, uh, we'll help his, uh, his wife sort things out and see what we can do to maybe help out with that because we'd like to, like to keep that, uh, that legacy intact. And so we'll, we'll just see what yeah, we can do. Yeah, can't we'll say anything for certain now. But no, I, I don't know. But we'll, they still have. An, I also, uh, do, you, do you remember, Dad, when you took me to see him maybe like, like, 30 or 25 years ago when we first went. I think oh, it was long in time ago. probably Brooklyn. Yeah, you had a place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was really young. So Arnie Lang, uh, a, a great story about him. If you remember about, I don't know, 25 years ago, something like that, uh, you brought me over to New York and we went to go see a bunch of shops. Yep. And uh, I just have a really fond memory of going to Brooklyn and uh, seeing his shop. And I, I thought the people in New York were really interesting because I just like the fashion styles and everything. And I remember going to this like coffee house on the corner and I was just like, wow, man, <laughs> there was just some really, really unique kind of like, I guess you'd call it like super hipster styles. And this was, uh, this was probably in 2000, right around 2000. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably about right. Yeah. yeah just yeah. the end of the nineties. Yeah. Cause yeah. it was pre nine 11. It was before. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, cause I remember, yeah, definitely before pre that. Nine 11 so for sure. this yep. is nineties. Uh, yeah. And and uh, yeah, so Ar Arnie will will be missed. That's yeah, that, that's for he's sure. a good guy. And uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, we'll try to help sort things out because uh, everything happens so suddenly. And you know, 
So we'll try to help sort it out. But he was he was a good guy. I miss him, and he was a lot of fun. But I got to tell you, man, that's it. Live it right. Live it to the fullest, right up to the end. You know, you got you got to look at that and go, okay, that was a good run. He went out. You know, yeah. It is what it is. But you know, you got to you got to say, okay, he enjoyed it right up to the end, and that's a great thing. And was productive right up till the end. Right. Week before that, I was he was talking to me about. Steve, should I make, I want to make a bop kit, and, you know, and should I make it with a 12 by 14 floor time? And I said, no, honey, don't. You know, <laughs> I said, and kind of half joking, I said, no self-respecting jazz player is going to want a 12 <laughs> sure. by 14. They want a 14 by 14. And there's already too many micro boppish kind of kits around with that so that they can, I said, just make a normal They're one. They're hard to sell. You know? <laughs> yeah, just make a normal <laughs> stick one. stick around forever. But uh, anyway. Yeah, it's just a little update, yeah. and uh, I think we we touched on all the major major points in the last yeah. about six months here, and we uh, things are getting back to normal. So I'll try and pump out as many of these as I can because I I know people really love them, and we yeah. love doing them. We got a space now that's yeah. easy to set up. So so yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> thanks. thanks. Bye bye. <laughs>